that Brother Austin has mentioned this afternoon, and uh, you know we're you know, the Bible says that we are supposed to follow Him, talking about Christ. Uh, in fact, that we're to be be more like Him, and the Bible says He came not to to be served, but to serve. That was what he came to do. And then the Bible says we're supposed to be like him. So, you know, sometimes we try to make it so complicated that we're like, what is it? You know, what's the, what's the famous Christian line? What is it I'm supposed to be doing? Well, maybe it's just, be, let's just simplify it for you. Just be a servant. That'll mean you'll be like him. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's lots of opportunities for us to help and do uh, for other people. Uh, even not during storm times, you know, that we can do things for people that they would appreciate probably more than, than, than we would ever, you know, and would we get a lot of pats? Probably not, you know, in some cases, who cares? Uh, if, if that's the reason you're doing it, you're doing it for the wrong reason. It's what, uh, uh, I know Brother Silas, you know, somebody said they were, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there's somebody saying they might talk to Brother Silas during the singing school or whatever to let him know what he's in for, you know, when it comes. But I can tell you this, if you go into the, if you go into the ministry, I can tell my son and uh, my son-in-law or anybody else, if you're going in it because you think you're going to get a lot of pats on the back, then you probably need to just, just hang it up right now and forget it because that's not what it's about. And it's about trying to serve. So... Uh, I want to turn back, if I can, this afternoon real quickly, and I will go back, and since I was in James chapter 5, I'm going to go back there this afternoon real quickly and, again, read uh, some of the same verses I read this morning and then move over to uh, 1 Kings real quickly and see if there's at least some things I can skip across in 1 Kings uh, to talk about this. It says, Confess your faults, verse 16, one to another, uh, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, then the, I think at this point, James then begins to give the example of an effectual, fervent prayer. He says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And as we mentioned this morning, uh, you know, it's not our righteousness that's going to do. The Bible tells us all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Uh, if, we think, if we think the good deeds that we do here really impresses the Lord that much. We're probably kidding ourselves. And I know that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags when it comes to trying to pay for our sins. No, no good. The only righteousness that would do would be the perfect righteousness of a perfect Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, Elijah was a servant. Uh, the Bible says Elijah, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Uh, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. I appreciated it at the close of service today. I know Brother Allen mentioned, you know, uh, Lord, send, send rain. Uh, we need to be praying right now uh, that the Lord send rain. It's dry. Uh, we've, we've seen dry before. It's not as dry now, in my opinion, uh, as it has been uh, here in times past, but if it stays like it is, it's going to get there again. And so we ought not wait uh, and say, well, you know, hope it rains. Sure, you know, we ought to be praying that it rains. 
and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, the Bible says, availeth much. So, uh, but the point was, and I mentioned this this morning, <coughs> we can look back at the Old Testament scriptures a lot of times, and I think we do sometimes, and get the idea that those guys were, you know, supermen uh, when it comes to uh, the things of serving God. And, and what the Bible says is they were like us. Uh, they had the same frustrations, the same uh, aggravations, temptations, whatever, whatever we might think. They were a lot like we are, uh, yet they still served God. And I think that's, you know, if, we, if I got up here this afternoon, I talked about David. David was a man of like passions. I mean, and he had a bunch of faults. Uh, but you know what? David never forgot who he loved, and he never forgot who delivered him. And when, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I'll say for all of us, we shouldn't have to get into some of the spots that David got into to remember, yeah. oh yeah, the Lord is the one I'm to be looking to. We don't have to get into those spots to remember that. But the point, I think, that one of the points that's made with David is, when David got to those points, he didn't fail to remember that God is the, is the answer. To, to whatever the question may be in, in life. And so, all right, so uh, 1 Kings 16, it says that um, after, uh, and in the 30, let's go to verse 29, in the, uh, of, of 1 Kings 16, in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, the king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to serve, uh, to reign over Israel. So you got the two kingdoms, you got Judah, you got Israel, uh, during Asa's reign in Judah, uh, Ahab began to serve in Israel. Uh, typically, generally, if you go back and study the two, uh, Judah had some good kings and some bad kings, and Israel had mostly bad kings. And uh, that's just the general summary of it uh, after, the, after the tribes split into two nations. And it says here that Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. <laughs> he was bad. <laughs> and... And then, then you go and look at what, uh, you know, he was bad. He had a bad wife, uh, you know. Uh, you know so it, maybe the two went together real well. I don't know. Uh, but it came to pass as if it had been light, uh, a light thing for him and the, to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and that he took to him Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, Ethbaal king of the Zidonians, and went to serve Baal and worshipped him. So any, Ahab made, a, verse 33, Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. He was just a bad guy, you know, is what it amounts to. Now we get over to chapter 17, and it says, Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of, you know, we ought to go back and study the Tishbites. I think, uh, I think we could go back to the book of Job maybe and find some of those guys. Uh, and Elijah and the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew. Boy, now you think about this. Now, uh, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say, and I don't know. Uh, the Bible doesn't let us know, did the Lord tell Elijah, you go to the king? A lot of times it will say in there that uh, the, Lord, you know, the word of the Lord came to the prophet so-and-so, and the prophet so-and-so went and delivered the message. doesn't say that here. Uh, but Elijah, nevertheless, delivered the message. Uh, king, it's not going to rain unless I say so. 
I'm telling you, guys, that's pretty bold. <laughs> I mean, you know, except according to my word, it's not going to rain. Now, I'll tell you the hint that the Lord was with him because you follow the rest of it and say, he may have been bold in his faith and, he, and you know, the Lord, maybe the Lord gave him the message. I don't know, doesn't say, but the word of the Lord then came to him saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. All right, Elijah, you've, you've stepped out there, and, and, and what he was doing was he was standing up to evil. All right? And, and, and I, think, I think maybe the message here for us to remember is not so much that he was saying, it's not going to rain, you know, and so we ought to be going around saying, confronting evil and saying it's not going to rain. The, I think the point of this is he confronted evil, and God backed him up. So you and I, uh, a lot of times we have opportunities to confront evil. And if we'll confront evil and, and say it like it is, God, I believe God uh, has given us evidence in His Word, God will back us up. And, uh, you know, the Bible in a lot of places says uh, He's our rearward. Uh, he's, he's got you back, you know, in modern terminology. Uh, and, and I'm thankful to know that God, uh, God cares for us and looks out after us. So he can't, commands him to go down to the brook uh, of Cherith. Uh, and there it says, It shall be that thou shalt drink the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee, uh, feed thee there. Now, <clears throat> there's just so much to all this, but you, you think about what, has just been said. One, we think of ravens, or I guess I, I do, I, I'm sure you do. I think of ravens being nasty, don't you? They're always hanging around the dead animals and you see them out pecking and, you know, and all this kind of stuff out. And you think, ooh, nasty. Now, God has sent a nasty animal and told, and told Elijah, I'm going to feed you by this old nasty animal. I mean, I, you know, okay. And, 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 and uh, I'm going to send you down to the brook and I'm going to send the ravens to feed you. And Elijah's like, okay, <laughs> do you say so, Lord? I, you know. And so he goes down there. I think the Bible goes on to say, it's, and I'm going to I'm going to skim, skim across this here and say, not skim across it, skim across it, uh, skim across this. Uh, he was down there about a year, year and a half, and the brook went dry. No dew, no rain. Brook goes dry, and so then he sends him up to the widow's house. And then, the, and then the, uh, when he gets there, she's, she's to the point, she's down to the last dab of, of, of grain in the barrel and the last dab of oil that she had. And she, or she had already been thinking about this. Well, I'm getting down to the last thing that's here. I'm going to make me a little cake. I'm going to feed my son. I'm going to feed me. Me and him's going to eat the cake. And we're going to die. And the Lord sends Elijah to her house and, and tells him, basically, you go down there and I'll sustain you. So Elijah comes there, sees there's not much left. He, he, he begins to, if you will, check out her faith and says, and she knows he's a man of God, okay, when he comes there. And he says, take the, take the, take the grain, take the, uh, the oil, make me a cake. And she did. And maybe she reasoned, <laughs> maybe she reasoned at that point, one cake, no cakes, what difference does it make? We're about to die anyway. So let me let the last thing I do, I'm gonna help God's man. You know? When when I stand before when I stand before the Lord, I want to be able to say, Lord, last thing I did now was I made a cake for your man. You know, I don't know if that's what it was on her mind. Uh, but she, you know, you think about it, she did, she said, Okay, hey, one cake, no cakes, doesn't matter. 
I'll, get, I'll fix this one for, for God's man and, and, and let that be it. Well, she did, and the Bible records for us that the, the, oil, the cruise of oil never failed and the barrel never went empty. And I, I marveled at that more than one time that I've read that and thought, Every day, you know, the Bible says, tells us uh, to give thanks to God. Give, and, and part of our prayer should be, give us this day our daily bread. Every day, they didn't get up knowing that the cabinet was full. They got up knowing that yesterday they emptied the barrel. <laughs> and they emptied all. And, you know, after a while, it had to have been fun. I, you know, it had to have been fun to get up in there and get up the next morning and go in and peek, you know, and see if... A, <laughs> <laughs> there's more, you know, and you know, maybe for a while, you know, is, is somebody sneaking in and putting, putting, you know, putting more in the barrel, or you know, it's, you know, and then you realize, no, nobody's sneaking in. The Lord's doing it. And for you and me, we need to realize that, you know, we may go, we we get real, real fixed and go look at the cabinets and think, well, you know, thank goodness I've got a job. Uh, well, that's right. But, but the Lord, the Lord fills our cabinets. We, if, we, if we would get up every day and say, you know what? We might not have to slip in there and sneak in there and look like, like Elijah and the little widow, widow woman and her son did. But if we'd go in there amazed every day that there's food in the cabinet, there may come a time when we're glad to be able to go in there and see that there's food in the cabinet and be thankful like Elijah was. So Elijah's, Elijah's down there. Finally, uh, we find it here, and I'll have to skip across this real quick. Uh, <clears throat> uh, verse 24 of the 17th chapter, And the woman, said, uh, <clears throat> the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is true. Uh, her son had gotten into, uh, had, had died, and Elijah goes in and delivers him, and uh, he comes back to life, and you know, you'd think... The barrel and the cruise would have been enough, but no, the fact that her son was brought back to life was a confirmation. He's a man of God, and his word is true. And so you read on through the 18th chapter. I'm not going to do all of that uh, at this time, but you, if you read that 18th chapter, what you're going to find is Elijah went down. The, the time had come now. The, the time had passed, uh, and he realized, you know, it's time, time for it to rain again. Uh, he sees a little cloud out there on the distance. The Bible says, I like to think about this, uh, you know, you think about how if, uh, a few weeks ago when we were here on Sunday, it was blue sky everywhere, not a cloud in the sky. It was before church and after church. I went out and looked and looked and looked. Now, can you imagine it being like that for three years, three and a half years? And finally, Elijah's servant went out there and he said, Lord, there's a little cloud out on the distance. And the Bible describes that cloud as being like putting your thumb up and the cloud, the cloud was so small and so far away, it was like the size of your thumb, the, the, the tip of your thumb, out at a distance like this. And Elijah said, hey, it's time to start praying. There's a cloud in the sky. And they began to pray that the Lord would, the Lord would send rain. But he also goes on and talks about confronting then uh, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove and how Elijah did that at the end of, the, at the end of this time frame and how all those prophets uh, thought, they would, uh, thought they would challenge the one man of God. But I'll tell you, one man of God is better than uh, 400, of, 400 of, of one or 400 of another. It doesn't matter. You can, get, you can pick them all. One of God's true servants is better than, better than them all. 
And uh, they cried and they cried and they cried. Uh, Elijah gave them a little challenge, uh, built an altar of wood, uh, told them, you know, to, to cry, you know, to their, their, uh, their God, uh, that he'd rain fire down and consume it. And, uh, you know, they yelled and screamed. I can see them out there, you know, contorting their faces. Oh, you know, send down fire. Elijah told them, go yell a little louder. Maybe your God's gone to sleep. Maybe he's gone on a trip. Maybe you need to send a telegram. Uh, <clears throat> these days it would be an iPod message, right? Maybe you need to send him a message on your iPod. Give him a phone call. Uh, but you know what? His God wasn't gone. Their God wasn't gone because their God didn't exist. <clears throat> Elijah went out there and said, Okay, boys, we want to show you how the real God works. He said, I want you to take barrels of water. I want you to get the wood so wet that the wood is soaked through and through, and I want you to fill up the ditch around it. And he called on God. Now, God rained down fire. Not only did he burn up wet wood, but he lapped, lapped up all the water that was in the ditch around the, the altar. And after all of this happened, Elijah, a man of like passions like you and me, stood there confidently and said, No doubt the one true and living God is, is God. He might have done that for a minute, but you know what his next move was? To run and hide in a cave because he's afraid Jezebel was going to kill him. Uh, I think that shows to me that Elijah was a man like you and me. Sometimes when we see the glory of God, the next thing you know we're running and cowering and scared over some little event somewhere What's going to happen to me? I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I don't know how I'm going to get through because surely everything's against me, this old evil world that I'm in. And God had to send, in Elijah's famous words, you know, I, they've killed the prophets and I'm left alone. And God told Elijah, hey, Elijah, I've got 7,000 besides you that you don't even know about that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Don't ever get to thinking that we're the only ones serving the Lord. God's got people serving Him. Somewhere, some way, it may be on a mountain in Kenya, it may be in the, in the jungles of Zambia these days, uh, but there are people there that are worshiping God. And we may, we may fall into our like passions, but don't forget... A fervent prayer will affect much. God wants us fervently praying to Him and expecting Him to deliver on what we're praying about. Uh, now, if we're praying in accordance with His Word, we won't have any trouble. And if we're confronting evil, we sure won't have any trouble. God will have our back. May God bless you as our prayer.